Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the WTOC Sports Podcast. Jake Wallace, Lindsey Goff with you on the final day of November. We'll get right into December and the state playoffs continuing in Georgia after Friday's Friday and Saturday's first round. Um, Lindsey, the area teams for us here in Southeast Georgia really whittled down after Friday and Saturday, but we did have some big winners and some some big wins to speak of, including two teams that we thought had a real chance to make a run, having to rally back to do so on Friday and Saturday, including the number one Matter Tigers. I went and saw them at the Jungle Friday night, hosting a really game Turner County team that comes out of a tough region Metter was down 13-0 midway through the, the second quarter. Turner had all the control. Um, Metter was really on the ropes. Uh, the Tigers get a fake punt to help score their first touchdown, a fake punt that, that continues a drive to, to score their first touchdown and then um, hold the Rebels to just six points for the rest of the game and win 20-19. to Um this, this Metter team has been great all year, and um, they they showed some real toughness to get that victory. And now they'll host Mitchell County on Friday night in the second round, the Eagles from Camilla on a five-game win streak of their own. Um, Lindsay, we've liked this Metter team for a long time. We've thought they've been really good, and uh, I thought they showed a lot of heart and a lot of a lot of grit uh, to to get that first to get that first round win Friday. Yeah, our podcast previewing the games. I guess we recorded that on Friday. This week is <laughs> my days are all messed up thanks to Thanksgiving. But uh, we talked a lot about their defense, but we have to give a credit to their offense um, this week. I think for engineering that comeback that they did. You know, the defense gave up almost more points than they'd given up all season combined leading into this week. I believe it was what like twenty three mm-hmm. heading into this game and um so kudos to the offense for rallying back and I think that says a lot about um how good they are on both sides of the ball where even if one game one side isn't performing as well as they normally would the other can kind of step in and make up for that we saw that Friday night and a big challenge from a Turner County team that we mentioned that region they play in but Irwin County, who's the defending state champ. Brooks County, who's the number two team in the state. Clinch County, a team that always has a great physical football team uh, in that region with the Rebels. And they came from Ashburn with a big offensive line, a big defensive line, and gave Metter some problems. Um, But I think it says a lot about this Tiger team and and the leadership of it, um, that everything was going wrong for the first quarter and a half and they were able to kind of stay within themselves and fight back and uh, survive and advance another team surviving and advancing how about the island sharks 22 fourth quarter points from islands as they get past hardaway 22 to 18 they trailed 18 nothing when the fourth quarter began uh 22 points to get the win it's their first playoff win in program history yeah, I was about to say that. Uh, congratulations to the Sharks for 
crossing that milestone. And I know they have bigger hopes and expectations for themselves than that, but you've got to win one to win more than one. So uh, congratulations to the Sharks for doing that. And what a comeback they were able to engineer in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, that's, that's wild. That's a wild win for Islands on a weird day in a weird year, playing on a Saturday afternoon at Memorial. Um, but they were able to make it happen. And in the end, a win is a win. I think one of the things that, that it showed me, and, you know, part of what came out of the, the Chatham County intra-district only schedule was Islands was not really challenged very much this year. Um, you know, played played Jenkins close, played New Hampstead close, um, and then obviously the the final game of the regular season against Wendell Forest. Um, but there were not a lot of moments where Islands were was in really high stress, high stress, high pressure situations. And so, for them to to really to score twenty two in the fourth and answer the bell and come all the way back, that's really tough to do. And now this team's probably got to be thinking, hey, maybe we've got something going here. That's one of those wins that I think can, can signal the, the start of something really special. So Deshaun Printup's uh, guys have got to be feeling good uh, that their season is still continuing. They'll travel to Bainbridge uh, to take on the Bearcats, a team that won a state title just a few years ago. But if Islands is not feeling good about themselves after this kind of comeback victory, I don't know what would make them do so. Um, this team feels like they could have something special going on. Yeah, they're not an autopilot anymore. You mentioned being challenged. They just kind of went out, I feel like, game to game and made it look easy. And maybe it was for them. I don't know. But um, I think the, the first half, at least on Saturday, was a wake-up call, and now they're kind of raring to go for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, so a, a big matchup Friday, Islands going to Bainbridge. Uh, winner advances to the Class 4A Elite 8. Benedictine will be at home again next week. The Cadets outscore Troop County 42-35 Saturday for a first-round win. Uh, big game from Justin Thomas. The Georgia baseball commit scores four touchdowns for the cadets. Um, we worried a little bit about the rust from BC. They hadn't played a, a football game in a month. Um, and we've continued to say how explosive this offense was. There didn't appear to be much rust for the cadets as they put 42 on the board and beat a pretty good Troop County team in advance. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're nitpicking, they would have liked to allow less points or win by more or whatever, but they won by a touchdown down and um you know we or i said friday bc is one of those teams they expect to be in the playoffs and they expect to make a run um so it doesn't seem that the rust was a factor and uh they're ready to make another run it looks like as vin diesel said in the all-time american classic the fast and the furious doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile winning's winning and the cadets are on to the second round. They'll host Cairo next week, uh, an all-time matchup of mascots as the cadets take on the Syrup Makers. Uh, two proud programs, two storied programs with a lot of talent. Should be a lot of fun uh, between BC and Cairo. Some other big winners for you from 
over the weekend, Jeff Davis, 28-25 over the Golden Hawks of Washington County. It's the Yellow Jackets' first playoff win since 1997. J.D., the only team out of that region to advance in Class AA. We nearly had a Region 2-6A sweep. Glenn, Richmond Hill, and Brunswick all handled their business against uh, just overmatched opponents in the first round. I believe all three came into that. All three opponents came in with two wins or less. Um, all three, Glenn, Richmond Hill, and Brunswick winning in blowout fashion. Uh, Glenn will get a, a really good team in Hughes. Richmond Hill goes to Westlake next week. That's a top five showdown. And then Brunswick gets Lee County, uh, the number one team in the state and who won a, a state title two years ago. So some really high profile opponents and matchups for that region in the Sweet 16. But if they can win, then suddenly the road uh, gets, I don't want to say easier, but those are three of the better teams in Class 6A that Glenn, Richmond Hill, and Brunswick are having to play this week. Yep, we've got another good slate coming up on Friday night. Um, as of now, we don't have any Saturday games, I don't think, do we, Jake? No, we haven't heard from the GHSA yet. If anything, we'll be moved back. Of course, they moved um, those back earlier for the first round due to a lack of a shortage of officials. Um, we should know, I would imagine, pretty early in the week about um, if, if any games will be moved to Saturday. Uh, but for right now, everything's scheduled for Friday. Let's start talking some college football because, Lindsay, we got some news on Sunday. A change in Statesboro. Georgia Southern has fired offensive coordinator Bob DeBess after, after nearly three seasons leading the Eagle offense. There was never anything really glaring other than the fact it just seemed like this Eagle offense was not clicking at key moments all season. Yesterday, Southern Falls 30-24 to 24 to Georgia State. They allowed the last 17 points of the ball game. And so many times this year, Lindsay, we've talked about Southern being unable to close out games or leaving points on the field and games maybe being closer than they should have. It's gotten frustrating for the Georgia Southern fan base and, and Lunsford and Chad Lunsford and the Eagles make the move today. Bob DeBess out as the offensive coordinator in Statesboro. Yeah. In a way it feels a little late. Like maybe they should have done this earlier. Um, I feel like they should have won that Georgia state game. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of, yeah, there's been a lot of times this season where they've been in the red zone and they've settled for field goals instead of touchdowns and leaving the door open for opponents. And, you know, they could have hung however many on this team, but they didn't And a win, you know, kind of makes it easier to look over. I think some of those games, but there's been a lot of instances this season where they could have and probably should have put up more points than they did. Um, you never root for someone to lose their job necessarily, but it is a business of results and the Georgia Southern offense wasn't getting the results that they had expected. And it's kind of what happens. Yeah. Southern um, leads the Sunbelt conference in rushing. That's not really a surprise, 
Um, but but seventh in the league in scoring at about at 27 points a game, ninth in total offense. Um, this team was just not very explosive. And you mentioned there were just a lot of times when it felt like the, the drives would would stall out. There just didn't seem to be a connection all the time between the Eagle offense and, and what they were trying to do. And so Doug Ruse, the tight ends coach, will shift over to interim play caller, his second stint as the Eagles play caller. He led this Eagle offense 2014 and 2015. Both seasons, Georgia Southern led the FBS in rushing. He comes over this year as the tight ends coach, and he'll now shift over to interim offensive coordinator. He'll also coach quarterbacks, head coach Chad Lunsford, saying he hasn't, uh, no decision's been made yet on who will take over that tight ends position. Uh, Lunsford called this a tough decision. You know it is um, when you hire these coaches and you're around them all the time. These coaching staffs are very, very close. Um, but Lunsford's simply saying this was the right move for our team to have the success we want. I felt like the offense was behind, but I felt like that it was trending in the right direction. Um, we were just not finishing drives. We were having trouble in the red zone. We were not scoring enough points. Um, I did feel like that at any moment we were going to explode and, and you know, it was going to take off. Um, you know, my thoughts on that were inaccurate. And, um, you know, we didn't, and we didn't take off. Um, so to be honest with you, you know, I've been working uh, with Coach DeBess and our offensive staff uh, and obviously all, our whole staff all year to just try to make sure we had a great game plan in place and make sure we had an opportunity to win every football game. Um, but as it worked out, you know, the, the explosion on the offense never did happen. Um, and so, you know, I felt like the change was needed and we needed to bring a different vibe and energy to our offense. Okay. Another action on Saturday, Lindsay, Georgia and Clemson, both just making it look really easy. The dogs 45, 16 over an overmatched South Carolina team, Mike Bobo, the interim head coach in Columbia, where they've had injuries and opt outs. Their defense was um, really undermanned against this Georgia offense. And it showed Georgia goes for 332 yards on the ground, four rushing touchdowns. Um, JT Daniels did not exactly have a, a huge follow-up performance, but it wasn't like he really needed to, wasn't exactly asked to, as Georgia was able to really just run at will. James Cook, 104 yards, two touchdowns on just six carries. Um, this offense has been clicking over the last two weeks, Lindsey. Um, JT Daniels had a couple of big passes Saturday. Didn't really need to, though, as we mentioned. And suddenly this Georgia offense, you know, the results in terms of the end of the year, in terms of the SEC championship and college football playoff may not be there. But if the dogs went out, especially after being ranked ninth in the first college football playoff uh, poll, certainly could be in a, a New Year's Six Bowl, potentially a Peach Bowl berth for Georgia if they continue to play like they're playing right now. Yeah, definitely. And I would say this is a relatively young Georgia team. So any experience that these players can get um, on a bigger stage, I think will benefit Georgia in the long run. And I don't want to 
discount this season, but it is a weird year. There's always going to kind of be like an asterisk next to 2020 in the record books, I think, for, <laughs> for any sport this year. So for Georgia to come out, sorry, Scout's yawning. She's clearly interested in what I'm saying. Uh, but for Georgia, I think to come out and still play motivated and uh, they haven't had players like opt out like South Carolina has and things like that. So for them to still play with some kind of purpose, I think says a lot about this team. Yeah, the dogs will take on Vanderbilt uh, next Saturday uh, to close out the regular season. Well, excuse me, they still have the Missouri game to be played. The, the final uh, what should have been, what was expected to be the final regular season game of the season, Dogs host Vanderbilt, the final home game of the 2020 season for Georgia next Saturday. Clemson also made it look easy, 52-17 over Pitt. Trevor Lawrence, 403 passing yards, a pair of touchdowns, and what will likely be the final career home game for Lawrence. Uh, Lindsay, the Tigers went three and out on their first possession and then scored on five straight and really kind of put this thing away before halftime. Yeah, I mean, it had been a month since Lawrence had gotten to play um, because of COVID, both him having it and then also the Florida State game being called off due to COVID. So I don't want to say that Trevor Lawrence has rust, but he certainly found his groove uh, fairly quickly, and Clemson did what they do and just took over and completely dominated. And so Clemson now... Eight and one on the year, um, seven and one in ACC play. They'll travel to Virginia Tech this Saturday, and then there's still the Florida State game on the docket as well. And then, obviously, what, what we expect to be the ACC title game. So, still a lot for the Tigers to play for. Still, for still a lot uh, left in the Clemson season as uh, looks like probably a, another date with Notre Dame in the ACC title game coming up in about a month. Lindsay, this was a, it was a fun weekend of football. Um, it's going to be another fun one coming up, especially on the high school front as teams look to reach the elite eight across the state of Georgia, including a number of teams here in Southeast Georgia. So really looking forward to this, Week coming up, we'll have another edition of the End Zone podcast coming out later this week where we'll look at some of those intriguing second-round playoff matchups. Lindsay, is your, your Thanksgiving hangover, are you, are you over that yet? You back into regular work mode, regular, regular life mode? Not regular work mode just yet. Um, I did see some family over Thanksgiving, so I'm currently quarantining for a couple more days. I'll get tested and hopefully be back to work this week to um cover some football with you uh i know you had to solo dolo it last week <laughs> um so hopefully we'll get back to the swing of things this week fully i was keeping up online but uh from my apartment solo dolo that's what the young people say now got it well <laughs> glad to have you back you'll be back just in time for uh what should be a really fun friday night of high school football and another episode of the podcast coming out later this week Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.